Yeah, that was right after NHL Brazil blocked me. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say to NHL Brazil? They were talking about the Montreal game that that guy got crushed right at the end. They were like celebrating the goal. I was like, how about the guy down the ice? And they swore at me. And I said, you said a bad word. And they blocked me. Hello, pod people, and welcome back to another episode of Big Bad Nonsense. I am Sock, the wonderful guy who does stuff. And sitting with me here is the other wonderful guy who does stuff, Biscuit. Promoting our podcast by telling people on Twitter to fuck off. It's me! Uh, Listeners, it's great to know that you're back here with us. Uh, Biscuit is referring to the fact that he really sucks at running our Twitter account, which is supposed to be our marketing voice to the world. And instead, he spends all his time getting Brazilian NHL fans pissed off, apparently. Yeah, I am blocked by NHL Brazil. (laughs) You You should make that the mission of this podcast, to get blocked by as many... NHL-related Twitter accounts as possible. That's really the only thing I miss about my old actual me Twitter account was I had a good collection of blocks. Like Mike Huckabee, that, that's probably my favorite one. But we've done this one. You've got Trump, so you win. Yeah, but then again, like uh, Trump is pretty much the only block I've collected. Like he's the only person I think who has blocked me, to my knowledge. If anyone else has blocked me, uh, I don't care who they were. So, like, it, it's really the only trophy I have on my shelf. And then they blocked him, so you can't even prove it. It's an <laughs> NFT! <laughs> oh, okay, so we will sell my Trump block as an NFT to raise money for the podcast so Biscuit can buy a computer that doesn't suck. For $32,000. <laughs> You should have said $69,000. Yeah, $69,000, but I'll meet you at thirty-two. dollars <laughs> $69,420 is the price. Yes, there it is. Nice. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> uh, Biscuit, are we ready for some jokes? Oh, yeah. Let's get Yosef up on the horn. Some Joe jokes? Okay. Joe! <laughs> So, listeners, if you don't know what we've been ta- what we're talking about here, for the last couple of episodes, we have been reading some excerpts from a book called Joe Jokes, uh, written by Jozef Kovac, a Slovak guy who translated a bunch of Slovak jokes into English rather poorly, probably through use of an online translator such as Babblefish. The results are a mixed bag between unusually hilarious and old diapers sitting in and, the trash and bin. not sentences <laughs> uh so biscuit i need you to choose a category once again we've got business school religious doctors marriage police children pub she and he or another part of me wants to go business but doctors has more chance of being offensive so we're going doctors so you're just basically looking for what you think will be the most offensive I mean, that's kind of how I do. Well, these are so poorly translated. I'm not even sure how offensive they could even be if we, or if we could even figure out what the non-political correctness could be if it was there. 
Yeah, this joke is going to be like, Dr. C vagina and high fives. <laughs> and like, that's going to be it. <laughs> okay, so I flipped to the section doctors here. All right, so here's the first joke. Your pulse goes slowly. It doesn't matter, doctor. I have time. And, and we're back to that moment of what was he going for? <laughs> I, 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 think, I think the doctor's trying to tell his patient that, you know, your pulse is slow because you, you have low bl- blood pressure or something. You're ill. Yeah. And he's and, like, nah, I got nothing to do, so we can go slowly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, take your time. <laughs> it's like a turtle joke. Uh, pretty much. Uh, yeah. There's our joke for today. <laughs> that, that is brutal. Okay. <laughs> Do you want Good another pick one? By me. <laughs> Do you want me to try the business one? Give yeah. Me a bus- yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do a business one. Okay. All right. Bank clerk. Why the Slovaks rather money drink out instead of giving them into bank? <laughs> Slovak. Because in the bank, they receive only 10% of interest, and in the pub, 40% gin. (laughs) Okay, that one's pretty funny. I almost like that. (laughs) Okay, so for people who are clueless, I think the joke as it should go, and looking at the Slovak version here, I think basically what he's saying is like the bank tellers asking him, it's like, why do Slovak people spend their money on alcohol instead of saving it in the bank? And he's saying, well, in the bank, we get 10%. At the pub, we get 40%, basically. And that first part, do you get 10% interest on money in the bank there? Because we get like 0.0000002. No, we do not. Keep in mind, this book is from 2003. I doubt that was true then. Yeah, probably not. But I, I guess they just had to, I, just, he, I guess he just picked a number. I guess Joe doesn't know much about banking either. Joe doesn't know much about a lot of things, so I really identify with him. (laughs) He knows how to use babblefish, though. Yeah, apparently so. (laughs) All right. So now that we're done with with the wonderful Joe, let's move on with the show. Let's get to the mailbag. Not. (laughs) Biscuit. What? There's no mailbag today. Yeah, I know. Fuck them. <laughs> okay, listeners, out of abject frustration at the fact that I received an email that just said the word the, I'm. <laughs> I want that that guy, the guy, like email us again. Let's get that sentence one word at a time. Let's get that sentence put together. I I, I don't know if he emailed me by accident or if he actually wanted to just send me the like it was one of those weird email addresses like name bunch of numbers sort of thing right so he probably just did like a pepe the frog avatar uh, it had no avatar or anything like that right so i don't know if he just made some 10 minute mail i didn't recognize the host domain right i was just like this is silly why why do i check this so religiously so I will leave the mailbag to accumulate and then maybe we'll do like a bonanza when people start sending us stuff that's either incredibly funny or relevant or they want to yell at us or something like that. But for now, I'm just ignoring the mailbag. I'm sure there's probably a couple emails from John in there, uh, which I don't really want to bother getting to because today we're fulfilling John's wish. Oh shit. This is it. The cigar. This is the episode where we talk about Steven Seagal, okay? So, 
If you're listening to us for the first time, let me start off by apologizing. But <laughs> he's a great guy. He's not a blowhard at all. <laughs> but we we have been receiving emails from an old university friend of mine, John, uh, who knows that I have intense hatred for Steven Seagal and for a while taunted us with emails suggesting that we talk about Seagal for an episode and us getting very angry at him. Eventually, I made a deal with the devil. I gave in and said, stop emailing us about Seagal and we'll do an episode before the summer months hit. So we're, we're finally getting to that. We're fulfilling John's wish. And John, if you ever email me about Seagal again, I will just block your fucking email. I want other people to email us about him. Ask for a part two, everybody. <laughs> uh, anyone, any, that, that's the thing. You've got the Twitter biscuit. Uh, I've got the email. So anyone who writes anything about Seagal, I'm just going to ignore you. So, Yeah, well, everybody ignores me on Twitter, but you know. <laughs> so uh, I suppose it's good, too, that if there are any emails in the mailbag uh, that we don't read them now because who wants to be associated with an episode on Steven Seagal? John, I, I guess. Uh, but- John has no shame though. I'm John. John's a unique case. All right. Well, speaking of unique cases, this Steven Seagal fella. <laughs> okay. Uh, Biscuit, are you aware of the existence this is how i have to phrase my questions now are you aware of the existence of any steven seagal movies have you seen any i could not name one but i have seen some you have like i know he's he's like a hard oh you know action movie look at me i know kung fu like stupid white guy Uh, pretty much like i that could sum up a, a lot of action stars actually uh, but the real question you have to ask yourself is, why does Steven Seagal get so much hate? Because uh, Steven Seagal is largely panned by people all over. Like, there's very few people who actually like Steven Seagal. I think it's the other ones, like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right? Boy, there's a topical reference, huh? But, like, all those action movie guys, like... They're kind of in on the joke that, like, they're giving you something that it's an hour and a half that's kooky and fun, whereas he takes himself, like, super seriously. Ah, yes. Thank you. Okay, that's exactly the point that I always make when it comes to Steven Seagal, right? So, yes, Jean-Claude Van Damme, right, would be the an excellent example because he's a guy, and, you know, what they do, these action films, they're silly, Right. Not all of them are super silly or anything like that. But like, generally speaking, they're silly. They're usually some form of like propaganda style film. Good guy always wins. Big muscles, conquers all sort of thing. And a lot of these guys who do action films, they'll just lean into that and they'll be like, ha ha, you know, like, you know, we're playing a bit. And Jean-Claude Van Damme is the perfect example of that. He knows he's done bad movies. He knows that he looks a little Yeah, he was Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Uh, If you've ever seen the film The Legionnaire, oh, God, that is probably the worst Van Damme film I have ever seen. Don't watch it. Wasn't he in Street Fighter, too? Uh, I think he might have been. Which Street Fighter, the movie... Well, Johnny Cage is from Street Fighter, no? No, he's Mortal Kombat. 
I, th- I think you're confusing films. He was in Street Fighter, not Mortal, Mortal Kombat. I thought he was Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. No, he well, was... Oh, God. Now I have to look up his filmography. But, I mean... So I'm going to stall here for a minute. I mean, the Street Fighter movie, M. Bison at the end, literally pulls up a fucking fight pad like you would see it in an old arcade to, like, control... I don't know, fucking submarine or some shit. I don't remember. But he literally pulls up like a joystick and like fight buttons at the end. That's like the whole thing's a joke. Okay. Steven Seagal thinks he's like God's other son. (laughs) Okay. So Jean-Claude Van Damme played Guile in Street Fighter. No Mortal Kombat, though. No Mortal Kombat. He was not in the Mortal Kombat film, as far as I can see here. I don't see it in his filmography. Well, shame on him. All right. Uh, But now we have to, you know, ask the question, who played Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat? I mean, the people got to know. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Films, live action going to be somebody that neither of us has ever heard of. Okay, so you're talking about like the the film from the 90s, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, So Christopher Lambert is Raiden uh, or Raiden. Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage. No clue. Yeah. See, so you're, you're, you're mixing your video game films here. Yeah, well, I mean, egg on my face. I'm sorry, everybody. Okay, but I'm glad that you brought up Jean-Claude Van Damme because this is the perfect example, right? Like, why do so many people love Jean-Claude Van Damme and why do so many people dislike Steven Seagal or even hate Steven Seagal, right? There's a lot to love about Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, the name for starters. It's like, the name, oh, he sounds badass. Yeah, he's the muscles from Brussels, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy, right? He he doesn't take himself super seriously. He he can clearly, you know, throw some punches on screen. Like he's good at what he does. He sort of puts his money where his mouth is, right? He's like, yeah, I do this, I do that, and that's what I do, right? He he doesn't portray himself as some sort of over the top badass. He's like, yeah, I'm an actor who is physically fit, and I do action movies. Whereas Seagal is like. If the military fails, they got me. Is that my Steven Seagal impression? Okay. Yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, I think you need to be a little bit more whispery. Like, if the military fails. If the military fails and nothing is left, they still have my fists. Now he does like a little karate pose, but incorrectly. Okay. It's also incredibly appropriate that you brought up uh, Van Damme because on screen, on television, in interviews on multiple occasions, uh, Steven Seagal has basically called out other action stars, uh, Van Damme being one of them, saying basically that they they suck or they don't really know martial arts and all this other stuff. But didn't he say, Seagal, that he was like trained by some, like one of the best in the world at whatever? Um... We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to uh, that. Uh, basically, I'm implying he's full of shit but you'll do it better. Exactly, right? So that's the thing, right? Steven Seagal goes out in public making these outlandish claims or basically saying that, like, you know, these people that you love, they suck. They can't fight. They can't do martial arts. They are, they are inferior to me. But 
the reality is, is that most people already believe that about Steven Seagal. Like we, I know that Jean-Claude Van Damme isn't like a cage fighter or an MMA fighter. I'm not demanding that of him. I just want to see a really cool film where Jean-Claude Van Damme like punches guys in the face until their eyeballs pop out. Right. I, I don't need him to be a badass in real life in order for me to enjoy him. But Steven Seagal seems to think that I'm a badass, that he is a badass in real life. So therefore anyone who goes on screen portraying a badass has to actually be one. And these guys are just posers. Steven Seagal versus Logan Paul. Let's do it. <laughs> now, Van Damme has actually challenged Seagal to put his money where his mouth is. And allegedly at a party, <laughs> allegedly at a party, he suggested that the two of them, you know, have a little bit of a sparring match out in the back garden uh, to which uh, Seagal made a bunch of excuses and then ghosted. Uh, well, I'd love to show you how these fists of fury go, but I don't have my fighting shoes on. <laughs> this apparently has actually even happened twice. <laughs> so Van Damme's like, dude, I will fuck you up. Let's go. He's like, oh, did you hear somebody call my name? Um, excuse me. I'm starting to kind of sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> Unbelievable. Both times, uh, apparently he has ghosted. Now, I'm, I'm going to lay out a little disclaimer as I make this. Now, a lot of this stuff is Hollywood rumors. And, you know, who knows how much veracity there is in any of that. But at the same time, when you hear it about Seagal, it's like you want to believe it, or at least it sounds quite plausible. I mean, it sounds very on brand for him to bitch out when it gets real. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like... And when you think about how the two of them look now, Jean-Claude Van Damme is still like in peak physical perfection as much as he can be for his age, right? Like it wasn't so long ago, like it was only a few years ago where he did that, that truck advertisement. I forget what truck company it was for, where he did like the splits between the two rear view mirrors of like two moving trucks. I don't know if you saw that. And let's not forget his appearance as Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> right? So, like, when it comes to keeping his body in top form, uh, Van Damme is still doing it, right? But to look at pictures of Steven Seagal now, he does not look good. No, I mean, if memory serves me, he was never, like, this ripped dude. Well, the... Okay, let's let's get into a little bit of a history. Actually, now it's like the Ron Jeremy of like action stars. <laughs> uh, okay, there was a time when he was quite slim. We'll say that much. Okay, good for him. Okay, actually, see now here's the thing: Biscuit and I are both using uh, Zoom now, so I can actually share my screen with biscuit. So that's what I'm going to do. Cause I I'm going to make this a little bit visual. Now, any of these images that you might hear biscuit and I discussing, they will all be linked in the description below. Okay. So just keep that in mind. So biscuit, if you look at the screen on your, I guess you're using your phone. Uh, I you, am. You should be able to see this now. Let's see. Yeah. I'm looking up. All right. So Stevie there, he's on the left. Yeah, yeah, he's where the big blue circle is. Thank you for that. Um, 
He looks like he has arguments about atheism on Reddit like three times a day. Are, are you trying to say he looks like Penn Gillette? He, yeah, now that you mention it. Actually, that, that's probably not even all that fair because Penn Jillette has lost like a lot of weight. So, all right. Well, apologies to him. I know he's a <laughs> big listener. So, uh, I'm sorry about that. Never mind. I, I understand the point that you were going for, though. Okay. Yeah. So, the image I just showed, Biscuit, is basically uh, Steven Seagal. He's, he's very overweight, right? Like, he's, he doesn't look like he's in physical prime anymore. We'll get into a little bit of the history here, but the point is, is that if you put Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme side by side and we're judging someone only by appearance, which is a bad thing to do, at the same time, uh, you would lean heavily towards Van Damme. Yeah, I mean, not to go to the well on the same sort of joke twice, but you know that meme of like the fat shirtless guy in front of the computer, the Reddit atheist, and he's got the chalkboard behind him that says internet arguments one. That's got like a bunch of check marks. Mm-hmm. He looks like that. <laughs> now here's the thing. People get old. People lose their physical abilities. People get fat. It happens all the time, but I'm all of those things, <laughs> yeah. but most people in that situation, don't act like they're God's gift to death. Yeah, you you don't get more hardo as you get older. You're supposed to, like, reel it back a little bit. Yeah, precisely, right? And, like, the thing is, if I was going to fight someone and I had the choice of fighting Seagal or Van Damme, uh, I I would fight Seagal. Like, there's no way I would tangle with Van Damme. Yeah, Van Damme fuck you up. Seagal, you look at him, you're like... I could probably tire him out. Okay, now let's get into some of Steven Seagal's more ridiculous claims. Now, here's where I'm going to be a little bit fair to Steven Seagal because one of the <laughs> one of the things that happens on the internet is that when someone doesn't like a particular figure, they tend to dismiss everything they say. And there are some things about Steven Seagal that are actually true that are actually kind of cool. Such as? Okay, now. He once beat up a seal. <laughs> anyway, okay. So some of the claims, uh, that uh, some of the weird things about Steven Seagal. Okay. He has claimed that he was trained by the CIA. Cierto uh, or falso? Uh, 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 this is obviously going to be false. We're going to get into all these claims, but I'm just I'm- <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know about that one. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to throw a few out here. So he claims that he has been trained by the CIA, that he was effectively a CIA agent. Uh, he says that he is able to speak five languages fluently, that he <laughs> is a basically God's gift to martial arts, and that he has trained several mixed martial arts fighters. And uh, yeah, so those are just a few examples. Now, if you look at something like the CIA thing, obviously not. I mean, I'm more thinking, like, did anybody ever put him on the spot about the languages thing? Okay, He's now... He's just like, okay. <laughs> Actually, yeah, here's the thing about the languages. Now, when it comes to Steven Seagal, he does, in fact, speak Japanese fluently. Now, a lot of people will say it's like there's no indication that he speaks anything other than English. That's not true. 
I found a video of him speaking Japanese and he speaks it perfectly. Actually, what I'll do is I will share this with Biscuit right now. <laughs> Oh, somebody took a picture. Oh, somebody took another picture. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, he seems comfortable apparently answering a question or something. Yeah, that's that's a video clip from him being interviewed on Japanese TV. So he's being asked questions in Japanese. He is answering questions in Japanese. He's making jokes. The audience is laughing at it. So... Like it, it, it's clear that he's fluent in Japanese. Now, there's a very good reason for that. When Seagal was quite a young man, he went to live in Japan and he trained in Aikido. And he rose up the ranks, like he became an expert in Aikido. And he eventually opened his own dojo, his Aikido dojo in Japan. So you, you have to think he's got to know, have like at least a substantial knowledge of Japanese to do that and a substantial knowledge of Aikido. So that as far as, you know, whatever arguments anyone makes, he speaks Japanese and he's an expert in Aikido. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to live in the country, speaking the language is good. So, <laughs> I mean, kudos to him. <laughs> Deep thoughts from Biscuit. It's like living in the country, speaking the language is good. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to put a whole book of these out. Now, he is a master of Aikido, okay? So that is, like, I will not deny that. There's, there's no point in denying that. He is a master in it. He teaches it. Uh, he is an expert in the martial art known as Aikido. Now, here's where we have to get into a little bit of discussion about all of this, because you have to then ask the question now in this modern age, is Aikido an effective martial art? Is it? <laughs> Uh, I mean, well, I just hit him with a chair and that usually wins. <laughs> uh, do you watch much mixed martial arts? Uh, when, I mean, I don't follow it closely, but if I like see on Twitter or something, like there's a card that night, UFC, I'll go um, totally legally watch it online. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay, so now mixed martial arts, of course, is a mixture, right? They take different kinds of martial arts, they put them together, and then they just go and wail on each other until someone loses. And uh, Aikido is completely unsuitable for that because, and, and actually a lot of people who practice Aikido, people who are experts in it, will tell you that Aikido isn't good for a street fight. They'll say like, if you're in a street fight, Aikido isn't going to help you. It is a martial art. You can uh, become very physically fit from it. You can, you know, master control over your body with it. But as far as being useful when it comes to physical blows, Aikido is not. All right. I'm going to voluntarily make myself look stupid again right now. Isn't it the one that's like about the leverage and like using their momentum or is that Taekwondo? Uh, well, actually, there's quite a few martial arts that are like that. Now, I had to do a lot of research on martial arts to prepare for this episode. Like, I knew a little bit about it, but, like, I sort of delved into it. And the, the answer to your question is yes. Uh, it's not the only one. Now, you have stuff like judo, 
which uses yeah, leverage. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay, now something like judo uses leverage to like throw or push over your opponent so that you can defend yourself against someone who might be a little bit larger than you or have a little bit of an advantage over you. So judo would be something that's very effective. Now, Aikido uses the same principle on leverage and things, but the thing about Aikido is that it's a martial art that's designed for disarming an opponent, usually someone who is running at you with like a sword or a spear. Which happens all the time today. Which never happens at all today and is especially not useful in any sort of mixed martial arts. You know, another uh, useful martial art is Krav Maga, which um, you drop bombs on Palestinians. Free Palestine, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we shifted to that, but okay. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought that joke was going to hit and just, <laughs> nope. You usually like, when you shift the discussion, it's like a subtle steer that leads us into a big, long conversation thread. That one was just like, hey, I'm talking about Israel bombing Palestinians now. Yeah. And, you know, I don't like it. Uh, nor do I. Uh, free Palestine. Free Palestine. Anyway, Steven Seagal, huh? <laughs> okay. So... Steven Seagal is a master of Aikido, but we can say, and I will make this claim, and you'll see a lot of people who practice Aikido will make the same claim, that as a martial art goes, it's not particularly useful. He is a master at it, but it's not something that I would turn to if I was getting into a brawl in a bar or like trying to defend myself in a back alley. Because Aikido has a lot of these movements where like you're assuming that the person is going to leave their arm hanging out after they throw a punch at you, which doesn't happen in martial arts, right? It's like you punch and withdraw your arm. So yeah. it's completely ineffective, okay? If we were to look at the scope of martial arts that have sort of developed into mixed martial arts, it's, it's mostly things like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, judo, kickboxing, and things like that. So things where it's like you're trying to inflict harm and withdraw yourself from getting hurt at the same time. Or if you have to get in close to your opponent where you actually just grapple with them. So Aikido is not going to be effective. So Steven Seagal being a master of Aikido is not going to make him an effective fighter. Now, in part of his cultivating an image of badassery, he tends to act like a groupie with a lot of these mixed martial artists uh, in like the UFC championships and stuff like that. He sort of hangs on and like shows up to like give them training quote unquote and stuff like that. And you can see videos on YouTube. I, I actually didn't e even put any of these into my list because I, I just thought they were stupid, but you can see videos of him training. I forget what the name of the, uh, the mixed martial artist is, but uh, Royce Gracie. No, he's, he's a, he's a Latino guy. What's his name? L Royce Gracie. I think his name is like Silva or Silvio or something like that. Anderson Silvia? That's is, it. That's it. That's it. Is that even right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anderson yeah. Silva, I think it is, right? Yeah, Anderson Silva. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, he Okay, there was one match where Anderson Silva did an absolutely amazing knockout kick to his opponent's head. And Steven Skull basically went around and claimed to people that he invented that kick, that that was his kick. <laughs> You know, um, I actually did that. That was me. <laughs> you want me to sign your tits? <laughs> uh, this is, of course, uh, totally stupid because 
Aikido has limited applications in mixed martial arts. And there, there have been people who have said, well, that doesn't seem right. And they found people using that front kick in other martial arts matches and things like that. So the fact, the idea that he taught that to Anderson Silva is, is ridiculous, right? Like this kick already existed. Anderson Silva just happened to, happened to pull it off really well in that one match and got a knockout from it. So that's why people were focusing on it. But this kick has existed in mixed martial arts for some time long before Seagal. I mean, how far does your head have to be up your own ass that you're taking credit for a kick? I can like, yeah, that was me. I can guarantee you that any sort of quote-unquote training sessions that Steven Seagal has done with these fighters, soon after he leaves and the cameras are gone, the real trainers step in and say, yeah, don't use any of that stuff because it's not going like, to help. So all that shit, forget about that. Yeah, exactly, right? Meanwhile, and, somebody wakes up in the morning and Steven Seagal is like, yeah, sleeping, I invented that. <laughs> now, when we come to the field of mixed martial arts uh, – I, I, I need to mention this. Now, this, this story, again, this is like Hollywood rumor stuff, but I should bring it up because... Which like, automatically it, makes it true. <laughs> I should bring it up because like somebody will mention it if I don't. But Jean LaBelle, I don't know if you're familiar with that name, Biscuit. Uh, nope. Okay. So Jean LaBelle was... He, he worked for quite some time on movie stunts and things like that. He was, uh, he has an interesting career. He's still alive now, but uh, he actually, he actually trained Bruce Lee. I know that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Lee, of course, he was always about finding new fighting styles and incorporating them into his, his martial arts routines because Bruce Lee wasn't just an actor. Bruce Lee was also a fighter, right? So this is one of those situations where it's like the, the actor and the fighter are the same. So Steven Seagal, in some ways, I would think wishes he was more like Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee is the perfect example. On screen, he's a great actor. He, he looks great and stuff like that. But Bruce Lee was also a street fighter. Like he would literally get into brawls in the street with people and like kick their ass. Like, so he, he yeah. was a real sort of bloody knuckles guy. He wasn't just performance. No, Bruce Lee, like in 2021, he still hits like that guy was legit. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that Bruce Lee recognized was missing from his style because Bruce Lee knew when he was lacking in a certain area was the ability to grapple. Like when you're fighting up close and personal and Gene LaBelle was actually one of the people who helped Bruce Lee improve his grappling skills. So we've got someone here who's trained Bruce Lee. So in terms of the badass, I'm going to immediately give the points to, to Gene LaBelle because there's no way in hell that, that Steven Seagal has ever taught anything to Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is dead and could still kick Steven Seagal's ass. <laughs> anyway, the rumor has it that on a film set now, and, and this is, seems to be pretty typical of Seagal, is that uh, he doesn't treat stunt people very well. Uh, in stunt scenes where they're acting out a fight and stuff like that, Steven Seagal apparently will not pull his punches and he will actually hit the stunt people quite hard. And this irritates a lot of people who work in the industry because that's, that's not a good way to treat someone. No, right? that's not how you do it. I mean, pro wrestling, you make it look good, but you're not supposed to just cork them. Exactly. Right. It's like when these stunt guys, like, of course, they're going to get hurt sometimes. Of course, there's going to be an errant punch or something. Sometimes it happens. But when you're doing the fight scene, you're supposed to make it look like a fight without actually like breaking the guy's jaw. 
And I guess Steven Seagal would typically, you know, just wouldn't hold back and would just wail on these stunt guys. So this irritated Gene LaBelle quite a bit because, you know, he was a stunt coordinator. And I guess at one point, Steven Seagal was claiming that his Aikido training made it so that it was impossible for him to be uh, choked unconscious. And Gene LaBelle <laughs> challenged him. <laughs> you see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's going to take a turn and you don't know where it's going yet. So hold All on. right, land the plane. Okay. So Gene LaBelle said, well, do you want to demonstrate this for us? And, uh, and Steven Seagal was like, sure. So Gene LaBelle puts Steven Seagal in a chokehold. Steven Seagal tries to get out of it by smashing him in the nuts, which doesn't work. Classic Akita move. Kick in the nuts. <laughs> uh, I'm sounding like Trump again. <laughs> which doesn't work. Okay. So Gene LaBelle continues his chokehold and Steven Seagal apparently shit his pants. <laughs> Oh, that's the best turn that I could have possibly hoped for. <laughs> now, there's some dispute over to whether this, or not this is actually true. Gene uh, LaBelle has kind of backed away from this because <laughs> it started to affect his career. I guess Steven Seagal still has a lot of clout in Hollywood, apparently, although he shouldn't. <laughs> so uh, he just started like dragging his name through the mud because he filled his pants with it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, Classy guy there. In terms of where they are now, like Steven Seagal is like kind of a joke, but Gene LaBelle is a mixed martial arts trainer. He is well known for training Ronda Rousey. I don't know if you're familiar with that name. I actually do know that one. There we go. Um, she was good until she got cracked and then she went to WWE and everybody hated her. No, but she's quite the badass. Oh, she was king of the hill for quite a while. Yeah. Until she exactly. got knocked out. It's like Roy Jones Jr. She got hit for the first time in years, and that was it. But she was killing it for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it happens, right? Like, fighters don't last forever. But, like, for a while, like, Ronda Rousey was the shit, and Steven Seagal just made shit in his pants. Yeah, she was the top female fighter in the world for uh, a minute. There we go. Trained by Jean LaBelle. So that, to me, you know, gives a lot more points to Jean LaBelle than to Steven Seagal. Yeah, because she actually fought. <laughs> exactly. There we go, right? I, 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 would, I would put money on her being able to kick Steven Seagal's ass. Yeah, I mean, she could fuck me up in about 20 seconds. So, yeah. Now, let's be clear here that Steven Seagal is a large guy, right? So that's going to give him an advantage in a lot of fights. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that when he was in his physical prime he could have, you know, kicked the ass of several people just by punching them. Like, never mind Aikido or anything like that. Like, if Steven Seagal, a very large man, just was punching you in the face, you would probably suffer for it. But now that he's quite old and out of his physical prime, he should just, you know, back off about that. Like, th that happens to everyone. If, if he was just like, you know what, when I was younger, I was strong. Now I'm a bit older. I'm not, like in my physical prime anymore, but no, he's still claiming that he's like a deadly weapon and he is like, you know, God's gift to martial arts. He still does the bit. And that's one of the reasons why he's so hate worthy. Yeah. I mean, us big guys, you know, my twenties, a smaller guy, if you could get away from me, I can't catch you. But if I catch you, it's a fucking problem. Now I'm an old fat guy. And I'm like, you know what? Um, you win. 
but not him. All right, just a quick demonstration here. So I'm going to show a video to Biscuit now. This is Steven Seagal showing off his Aikido skills. Oh, and he's got the little beanie on. Oh, my God, what a douche. I feel like I've seen this before. You probably have. This is in Russia. Yeah, this guy, like, takes a dive for him, basically. Yeah, yeah. You can see. Oh, yeah, guys- he's not... He- yeah, no, he's totally taking a dive for him. Mm-hmm. Like he could absolutely—he's not even attempting to get out of it. Like I could do that. <laughs> like that arm drag—the guy's not even attempting to get away. Okay, so the video that I've just shown Biscuit and that you can see linked in the description of the podcast. There, okay, it basically shows Steven Seagal, and it—it's—it's it's a puff demonstration they're not sparring it's just two russian guys they come at steven seagal they hold their arm out steven seagal grabs it in like a wrist lock and sort of wanders around before waving his arms and then they fly back like he's tossed them or something yeah he's basically fighting a mannequin exactly right like they are there to allow him to do that they are in no way whatsoever trying to beat him Exactly. Right. And, and this is what he claims makes him a badass. But the reality is, if Steven Seagal was holding my arm the way he was holding one of those guys who were doing this demonstration with him, my other arm is totally free. I would be punching him in the side of the head with it. Right. Like, yeah, nor Shit would my I hand slap him in the face, nor would I hold out my arm to let him grab it like that in the first place. So. It, 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 it's ridiculous, right? Like Aikido, Aikido, as much as it is an art, as much as it takes practice and skill to do it, it's not really suitable for combat. And any sort of demonstration that they're doing there is just that. It's a demonstration. This is how you hold an arm in this move in Aikido. Yeah. This is what you do when the guy you're fighting does this, which, by the way, he will never do. Oddly enough, Steven Seagal claims to have been trained by the founder of Aikido. Uh, that's, that's what I almost put together earlier. I thought he was like, yeah, I've been trained by the best that there is. Now, this doesn't really work uh, because the man who founded the the art of aikido he died in 1968 and if that were true that he trained steven seagal then steven seagal would have been an unaccompanied teenager in japan learning from this master of aikido actually a time traveler the reality is is that he was probably not trained by them uh people who have you know done a little bit of research have pieced it together that Steven Seagal probably wasn't in Japan until his 20s, which would have put it in the early 1970s. So at least a couple of years after this guy died, he was not trained by the founder of Aikido. He's just trying to make up his like, and see, this is, this goes back to how ridiculous Steven Seagal is because if you said I'm a master of Aikido, I've trained it in like for, for years and years and years, I would be like, cool. Like I'm, I'm happy for you. You don't have to tell me that you were trained by the guy who invented it to impress me that you know it. Yeah. Like I've accidentally mixed my shitty Trump impersonation with my shitty Seagal impersonation, but there's a lot of parallels there. Like it can't be, I do this. It's always going to be, no, I'm the best at it. Exactly. Right. Like you, 
you know, nobody's ever done it better than me. <laughs> like, like for example, Biscuit like is a cook, right? Uh, yes. He is a very good cook. He knows stuff that I don't know. Like if I need to know how to make something, sometimes I've texted him and asked him, right? I think Biscuit is pretty badass for knowing how to cook these different things. Biscuit doesn't, have to, <laughs> Biscuit doesn't have to impress me by saying that he was trained by Gordon Ramsay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he actually works for me. <laughs> right? Like it, it's, it's enough to be good at what you're doing. You don't have to be like, you know, tied directly to the source or something. And, and this continues with all of Steven Seagal's baloney, basically. This episode of Big Bad Nonsense is made possible by... Hot cross buns! Hot cross buns! One a penny, two a penny, hot cross buns! Yeah, it's gotta be the top dog and everything, which just gets so insufferable. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so let's go back to uh, the whole claim that Steven Seagal was in the CIA. Okay, so again, this goes back to his whole image of being a badass. Now, like, if you present me with a guy and, like, he can demonstrate that he's really knowledgeable or really good at fighting or something like that, that impresses me. You don't have to say that you're part of some top-secret organization. But Steven Seagal, he has to go, like, the full nine yards. So he claims to people that he's a former Navy, Navy SEAL and that he was serving with the CIA. Which he's been in the CIA about as much as I have, I would imagine. <laughs> Biscuit, don't let your secret out. Oh, shit. Cut that out. <laughs> anyway, his ex-wife, Kelly LeBrock, has said, no, that's not true. He was never involved in the CIA. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> okay. And some people have put this to the test. Okay. So uh, one guy, Gary Goldman, uh, an ex-soldier and a business partner of Seagal was very skeptical of this claim. So he took him out into the wilderness, right? And uh, <laughs> I like where we're going right now. <laughs> uh, and it became very clear very quickly that Steven Seagal could not read a compass, nor could he read a map. How can a map I can kind of get? How can you not read a compass? Well, I, I, I think they mean like in terms of orienteering here, like a compass, of course, it points north and south. That's easy enough to discern. But like if you're orienteering, like aligning a compass with the map and then finding direction. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Like that's a, that's a whole new set of skill. Like I can do that. Like I'm an outdoors kind of guy. I go hiking and stuff like that. I can combine a compass and a map and find my location and stuff like that. And like map out a route and things okay it's not actually a very difficult skill but no i'd it, imagine if you do that with any regularity you kind of have to be able to do that yeah and even now it's becoming quite unnecessary like smartphones with gps and things like that it's it's a skill that takes a little bit of practice but it's not an incredibly difficult skill okay but if you were going to be a navy seal or in the cia it is a skill that is absolutely essential and one that is essential that you be incredibly incredibly good at yeah if you're getting sent on missions from them like you knowing where you're fucking at is kind of important exactly now gary goldman and this is a direct quote here 
uh, said that Seagal would surely die of starvation if he was given a <laughs> compass and a map that led to a restaurant five miles away. <laughs> Got him! <laughs> so that's, that's a condemnation from an ex-soldier right there. And I, 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 would, I would, you know, give a little bit of credence to that, so... <laughs> They give him a map to like a fucking Arby's and they just find him like gnawing on a tree. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, uh, one thing that Steven Seagal does is he is also a musician. I didn't know that one. I'm, I'm fucking praying you got a clip for me. Oh, I have clips. Now, uh, here's the reality. Okay. Again, I'm going to be like at least a little bit fair to Steven Seagal here. He does know how to do music. I'm hoping banjo. <laughs> he can play the guitar. Uh, he can sing. Now, the music that he <laughs> plays is not, in my opinion, particularly good. He plays like mostly sort of blues sort of stuff and things like that. He just does blues traveler covers. <laughs> uh, we, we, we'll get to some of his songs in a moment, but... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so he, <laughs> he just the blues traveler guy. He just impersonates him. He's just like a fat guy rolling around. <laughs> anyway, he does have musical skills. He can he can carry a tune. He can play the guitar. Now, his music is a little bit silly and mediocre. And I mean, he's done albums with with people like uh, Stevie Wonder and stuff like that. Like he's had <laughs> what? Yeah, he's had actual celebrities on his... Stevie Wonder and Steven Seagal. <laughs> uh, on, a, on at least his first album, uh, he had like quite a few celebrity appearances. Now, whether that was because it's like, oh, hey, it's an action star wants me to play a little bit, key, little bit of keyboard or something. Sure, right? Like, I haven't listened to like full albums or anything like that because like to me, it's just kind of boring. Like, it's not... like. He has the talent to play the music, but I don't think it's particularly good music. It's not like the kind of screeching stuff that comes on in like a supermarket or something. And I want to run out because I hate the song so much, but it's also not something I'm going to, you know, put on my headphones and like have like a deep listening session in my living room with, you know, Alexa play Steven Seagal sings the blues. Yeah, that's probably not something a lot of people have said. Oh, God damn it, I just made my Alexa go off. <laughs> Alexa, shut the fuck up. All right, it turned off. <laughs> I legitimately forget I have that thing. I use it so little. <laughs> you, I, 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 did it start playing Steven Seagal? Let's try something. Alexa, stay. Let's try that again. Yeah, I know you don't. Alexa. Say Steven Seagal sucks. Sorry, I don't have an answer for that. I mean, fucking useless. All right. <laughs> okay, all right. Never mind. Back to Steven Seagal. Okay, now, I remember reading this article back when I was in university, and this was like a long time ago, and I was desperately trying to find this article again, and I couldn't, and I, I hope it's real and I hope it existed, but this is what I remember from the article. And I, I can't prove it's true. But basically, I was reading that Steven Seagal was recording his album and he had to hire a bunch of pregnant women to come and stand around him as he was performing to increase the karma in the room. 
That is one of the most insane things I've ever heard you say. <laughs> and, and I can't prove it's true. I cannot find any article about this. But I no, remember we're just going to say it's true. I'm down with that. <laughs> like, who would make that up? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to play a little clip from this song here. Me want the Punani is the name. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Seagal with Conway Twitty. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Mike down. What is happening? Just 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 wait, okay? Just wait, just wait, okay, just wait. I mean, that made it better. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can find the whole chorus part here. When me I fling you talk Sometimes the way you talk is so hot. Now you know let have a shot to run. Then we come Okay, you know what? I'm just going to go stop that. Listeners, if you really want to find out more about Steven Seagal's music, just go to like YouTube or something. Like, because, like, there's just no point. Like, really, I don't want to infringe on copyright or anything here anyway. And Lil John makes everything better. (laughs) So, anyway, you can hear, right? So, like, he he clearly knows how to sing, but that's not something I would listen to. I, I would never put that on on purpose, no. No, exactly, exactly. Okay, anyway... So I love that it exists. <laughs> uh, one other thing I'll share with you, and this doesn't really tie to anything, but this is just a really funny clip is this video from one of his earlier action movies. Oh God, that beanie just drives me crazy. Look, look at how he runs. <laughs> he runs like an alien that's trying to pass as a human. Like, is this fun? <laughs> so for, for the listeners who can't see this, right? Uh, Steven Seagal runs kind of funny. Like he kind of waves his arms. Like, uh, like when you run, like you sort of move your arms into the motion of your run. But like he sort of like waves them up and down like really rapidly and kind of out of rhythm with his body. So it looks kind of silly. It almost looks like his arms are like rubber. He runs like he somehow was born at 25 years old and somebody just explained running to him. It, it, it kind of looks that way. now. And he's like trying it out. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Since his early years, probably because someone pointed out how funny he runs, I don't think he's run since. His more recent movies... They are the laziest productions imaginable. There's rumors that have come out from like places like Vancouver and places like that, where they film a lot of his newer movies, where they do low budget filming and stuff like that, that all of his fight scenes are mostly choreographed so that he can do it standing in one place or sitting down. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, God damn it, I was about to make that joke. Like, he's having a fight scene, he's in, like, an office chair. <laughs> yes! Th- that's actually true. That's actually the reality of it, what it comes to now. Like, <laughs> there's there's one movie, like, and I don't even remember the names of these movies, and I don't even care to. Like, there's one movie where he's, like, a sniper, and he just spends the entire movie monologuing while sitting in this room next to a window, like, looking through a gun sight. Like, he never gets up and moves and stuff like that. There was one film that even Mike Tyson was in the film where like the whole big Former deal- heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. And like there was a big deal made about this film that like Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal fight in the film. But of course, this movie was done on such a low budget that they didn't e- actually even have them there at the same time. So they were all shot in a way to make it look like they were fighting, but they didn't actually film the fight scene together. <laughs> It's just Steven Seagal laying on the couch, like making slap motions while Mike Tyson's like, I will destroy you. I'm on Zoloft. <laughs> well, I think the fight scene is mostly done through stuntmen and CGI because there's actually quite a lot of action to it. But you can tell that it's not done by Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal because they weren't ever in the same room together for the filming of this film. That's very disappointing. Now, Steven Seagal has also had a lot of... Like, if he, like you said, like, he actually corked Mike Tyson, Tyson fucking kill him. (laughs) Well, that is it. You have besmirched me. Now, Now, let's get to something a little bit more serious here, because Steven Seagal has had a lot of controversy surrounding him over what I would describe as me too type of scenarios. Yeah, there it is. All right. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to bring up this image. while while I'm telling biscuit about this. Uh, no, that's not it. Uh, this is me former heavyweight champion of the world. Mike Tyson stalling for the thought. You're listening to big bad nonsense. Never heard of this. Have a look at the image on your screen now, biscuit. Let's see that. Uh, she looks younger than him. Oh, 16. and yeah, it says it right there. Yeah, she sure fucking is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, is... Yeah, and there's the hand on the uh, various. Yeah, that's... For, for listeners who can't see it right now, and it will be linked in the description, uh, this is a picture of Katherine Heigl with uh, Steven Seagal, uh, a picture taken... I believe on the set of Under Siege 2, Under Siege being one of the few movies. Oh, that- good. They made two of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, got a big old handful of underage girl going on. Yeah. This girl is like 16 and Seagal must be like in his late 30s at this time or something like She's that. She's not like 16. She is 16. Yeah. She is 16 in this photo, right? Like I think she turned 17 during the filming of this movie. And, like, he's clearly got his hand on her boob. Uh, yeah, he sure, he, like, he's doing full Biden. Yeah, he, he looks like he's doing one of those, like, oops, wrong place sort yeah. of thing. Oh, man, what's this thing? But it's, it's not convincing. And, uh, yeah, so that would just be one example of some of the controversy that Steven Seagal has uh, gotten into. Uh, several actresses have accused Steven Seagal of sexual harassment. Uh, typically what he'll do is uh, ask them over to 
do some casting sessions or some yes. script readings at his home, uh, usually privately at night. Which, I mean, the red flag has a red flag on top of it. Mm -hmm. One of the people who was uh, allegedly harassed, I say allegedly, although I believe her, uh, is Jenny McCarthy, who was asked to do an audition for Under Siege 2, where Steven Seagal, you know, same sort of scenario, he brought her to his home and, and wanted her to, I guess, undress or something like that. She, she didn't get the part because she refused, like, so good to her on walking out on him. And of course, th this is denied, but like, you know, I, I believe the women as we should, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think either of us is a huge Jenny McCarthy fan, but still, yeah, I mean, you, you side that way. They're not going to yeah. bring that attention to themselves for something that didn't happen. So you, you lean it probably did. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, you know, as, as dumb as Jenny McCarthy's ideas of vaccines and autism are vaccines don't cause autism, by the way. Uh, nope. as dumb, yeah. As dumb as those ideas are, I fully believe like what she said, especially since like there's several other incidences too. Right. He has been accused of, well, there was one lawsuit uh, filed by uh, Cheryl Suman. Uh, accusing Seagal of threatening and beating her during the filming of the film On Deadly Ground. This was dismissed, of course, because, you know, it wasn't filed properly, like the sort of legal mumbo-jumbo or whatever. But, like, the, you see all kinds of these. I don't even know if I want to read them all, right? Uh, one woman, Caden uh, Nguyen, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right, but um, filed a lawsuit uh, charging sexual harassment and, and accusing him of trafficking women for sex. Like the claim by this woman is that he kept like a bunch of Russian girls around like for sex. And like, I guess he would loan them out for sex as well. And he's got a pretty strong tie to Russia. So that probably holds water too. Yeah. We'll get to Russia in a moment too. Yeah. Uh, but um you know, like the claim was withdrawn uh, probably for the same reason that most of these are, is that these people who fight harassment and, and sexual assault face an uphill battle, especially when it's powerful people. Okay? Yeah, they just get threatened until they drop it. Yeah. So there's a few of these. Right. And like I'll link to like I'm not going to discuss each and every one of them, but I'll link to them in the show notes. And, you know. I, I believe the women, right? And Steven Seagal seems like that sort of creepy guy who would do this, right? You know, none of this is proven. None of this is convicted in court, but, you know, it exists. Yeah, it's one of those things. Um, Christ, I can't pull his name out right now. And, well, it doesn't matter. Um, any Weinstein? of these things. No. Um, Deshaun Watson, the quarterback for uh, the Houston Texans, he's got like dozens of women accusing him right now. Uh -huh. um, maybe there's a couple lying, but there isn't like 25 women lying. You know, yeah. when it's stacked up like this, it's happened. Yeah. I mean, like, and what do these women have to gain from it? Right. It's like fame or money. Th these women have their lives dragged through the dirt and the media over stuff like this. Nobody ever remembers the name, like name a Cosby accuser, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, it, it doesn't, even if you're getting money out of it, you're getting money because 
you are getting death threats every day. Yeah. Like it is ugly. So yeah, you, you tend to side with them. Yeah, exactly. Like even in the case of Bill Cosby, the only woman's name I can remember is Andrea Constance. And I'm not even sure I've got her name correct. And only because she was the one who he was actually prosecuted for. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one that was brave enough to come forward. Well, uh, uh, not many people came forward, but like only hers was within the statute of limitations. Yeah. 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 That's a whole thing. That's not awesome. Okay. Let me shift a little bit to something a bit more weird. uh, And then maybe we'll wrap up this episode before it gets too long. So I'm going to share my screen once more, and I'm going to show you some clips here. Have a look at this one, Biscuit. Most cops have their own routine in order to get their head in the right oh, place. Oh, shit. Hit this, this is the show, I isn't one it? Too. Yep. I look at this. Oh, most cops have a code. Okay, hold, 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 okay. Code. hold on. Hold on. Better. Hold on. All right. Mic down for this because this, this, this is hilarious, okay? I want to describe this for, for listeners. He is currently reading a copy of Sun Tzu's Art of War. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. All hold right, on. Hold I'll on. Mike down. Mike down. Mike down. Sun Tzu is one of the classic master tacticians. I think about his tactics and his strategy all the time in my police work. John, what you got, brother? All right, guys. Uh, we need to serve an arrest warrant on a guy named Stephen Kirkwood. He's wanted on a weapons charge. He lives in a trailer in an alley down in South Phoenix. Stephen Kirkwood! It's the sheriff's office. If you're inside the trailer, come out. CD, you guys got? No movement. Can you see all the way to the back? Just a dog. And this guy's good, huh? <laughs> it looks like he just made it out of there. Dog on the bed. And... Hey, someone's been working on this right here. Keep looking, guys. Let's not give up. Hey, around the corner, there's a guy walking over here. Looks like our guy. Hey, man, drop the bag. Ah, it's him. That's my boy. Okay. (laughs) He's basically like a cheerleader for the cops. Okay. To describe this, let's let's put this in context for the listeners. And again, link in the description, right? But in that video, you probably heard some of the audio. Steven Seagal is reading Sun Tzu's Art of War to prepare to ser- serve an arrest warrant on what is effectively like a, a drug junkie, like a, a guy addic- addicted to drugs, probably an arrest warrant for selling drugs or being arrested for drug possession or something. And that's what we want our cops to be doing. Reading the fucking art of war before going out there. And that's a good way to keep the peace. And they show up at the guy's trailer. They look inside and he's not home. And Steven Seagal's reaction is like, ooh, this guy's good. Oh, he thought of not being here. <laughs> like the guy probably went out to buy cigarettes and they're like, oh, what the hell? He gave us the slip. And then the well, guy walks back home like a minute later and they arrest him. <laughs> this guy's good. Here he comes. <laughs> so that was a clip from Steven Seagal's Lawman. Okay. And that was a reality TV show 
that was produced by A&E in the beginning. I think it was picked up by a different network later. It started out in the uh, in, in being filmed in Louisiana. The first two seasons were filmed in Louisiana. Now, the filming stopped in Louisiana because... Let me get to this first. So Steven Seagal, Wait a minute. I don't think he's a cop. <laughs> Steven Seagal was a reserve police officer in Louisiana. Okay. And a reserve police officer is just effectively that. It's like you're an extra, basically, like you're there as a trained police officer, uh, potentially on the payroll if they need extra officers. And as part of the promotion, because apparently American cops need promotion to improve their image because they suck so bad. Uh-huh. Steven Seagal was, you know, said, well, hey, you're already a reserve police officer. Come on over and we'll film this reality TV show with you. So the first two seasons of this were filmed in Louisiana. Eventually, uh, Steven Seagal had to leave the sheriff's department that he was with in Louisiana mm-hmm. because he refused to submit to an internal affairs investigation over these sexual assault allegations that were levied against him. I mean, that's who I want walking around, keeping the peace. Guy reading the art of war that he's groping women. Thank you for your service. So, yeah, he refused to submit to an, inter- to an investigation into his crimes. He refused to submit to that, so that ended the filming in Louisiana. And it moved to... Oh, you're going to love this. Maricopa County, Arizona. Oh, man, I know a guy there that's just great. His name's Joe. Yeah. He runs these prisons. Just an awesome guy. Yeah, totally awesome guy. You wouldn't happen to be referring to uh, Joe Arpaio, would you? You know what? It's the damnedest thing I am. Um, One of the more celebrated pieces of shit of our time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's probably a big Seagal guy. <laughs> there are clips of him being filmed with Steven Seagal on this Steven Seagal lawman show. That does not surprise me the, in the slightest. I mean, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, we should do an episode on him at one point, but he seeks media attention. So, of course, he snapped up Seagal when he left Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. Um, the cliff notes on Arpaio is like he gets off on taking prisoners and making them feel like shit. He gets Which, off. You know, if okay. you're there, you might be there for a reason, but he like uh, the he rehabilitation aspect of our prison system. It's flawed. He ensures it doesn't work. Yeah. Like he, he should be thrown in jail for multiple civil rights violations. He, he's the sheriff of, of a County, right? He's supposed to be like keeping general peace, but he's declared this war on immigration drugs, the constitution, you could even argue. So like, don't, don't even get me started about, you know, how ridiculous Joe Arpaio is. So anyway, don't get not, not a great guy. Yeah. We'll leave it at that for now. Exactly. So he, Steven Seagal is enlisted with, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, and they're basically, you know, hamming it all up for the cameras. At one point, they put together a full SWAT team, of which Steven Seagal was a part of, to launch a raid on a cockfighting ring in which uh, a tank uh, may or may not have been driven by Steven Seagal, but a tank was run through the front door of this alleged cockfight organizer 
and uh, it killed a puppy. <laughs> man, yeah. man, what a nice little exclamation point. Yeah, the sequel to Snakes on a Plane, uh, Tank vs. Chickens. The, there was eventually a lawsuit put forward by this because, like, like, who does that? You don't need a SWAT team for a guy organizing cockfights. You send a guy over and be like, give me your chickens and we're arresting you. You don't need paramilitary police officers or a tank to run through his front door. Well, I mean, that's another rabbit hole we could go down about military contractors and how cops have shit they don't need because we spend too much on this shit and they have nowhere to put it. Yeah, like that. I mean, we could do an hour on that by itself, but I digress. That's American policing, right? But of course, we're wrapping in Steven Seagal to this because he was involved in it. Eventually, like the lawsuit was dismissed because the the paperwork wasn't filed properly. But, you know, there it is. Steven Seagal was part of a shitty police reality TV show. He drove a tank through a guy's front door and killed his puppy. Which, I mean, if that doesn't make you a fan, what will? Over roosters. Yeah. 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 Like, don't get me wrong. Animal cruelty is bad, right? Cockfights are not a good thing. But, like, you don't need to call in a tank. Tanks do not need to be involved. In anything, I would argue. Yeah. <laughs> like, unless he was having tank fights, you don't need the tank there. Ah, uh, tank fights would be kind of cool, though. I mean, I like that more than cockfighting. <laughs> what if we put the chickens in the tanks? <laughs> and I mean, just stick with me here. Okay. We, we train the chickens to operate the tanks. Eh. And then run you know, over uh, Steven Seagal? Think, yeah, they try to pull up Steven Seagal. I'd watch <laughs> that. Okay. Now, let's, we need to wrap this up because this episode's like starting to reach its, its limit here. Uh, Steven Seagal is, in addition to being a groupie for MMA fighters, has shown that he also likes to be a groupie for dictators and uh, has sucked up to Putin repeatedly until Putin eventually gave him a Russian passport. So now Steven Seagal is a special ambassador for the uh, Russian Federation. And that Putin guy, he's legit. I mean, last election, what did he get? Like 102% of the votes? (laughs) Let me round this out. I'm just going to play one more video clip and, and this will be fine because the, the audio will work out well for this too. Uh, let me get this here. This is an interview with Steven Seagal and, and, and this, this just sort of rounds things out nicely. Let's, let's have a quick listen to this. A lot of Americans see Putin as the enemy, but a lot of Americans also have a, a pretty dim view of your current president in the United States. What is your view of Donald Trump and his presidency so far? I think that, you know, we have a really unfortunate situation in the sense that uh, even though he was democratically elected, uh, there are so many people out there who don't feel that that's the case. Mm-hmm. And we have just, you know, Not a, a ton of enemies within. We have uh, these, you know, uh, Democrats that have this whole other agenda to kind of, um, when I say Democrats, it's not just the Democrats, but uh, (laughs) uh, this whole group of leftover Obamaites and people who uh, feel that they should really sort of kind of um, overthrow uh, Trump 
and um, not true. Any decisions he makes, anything he, that he tries to do, uh, he gets blocked uh, so often from you know not true. sort of the enemies within. So it's very difficult for him to do anything. But when, when you see this ongoing debate <laughs> right now about patriotism, the American flag, the anthem. Uh, black football players taking the knee oh boy. as a mark of uh, protest about uh, racial oh yeah. division and injustice in America. Here it comes. Do you agree with mm -hmm. Trump that it's disrespectful, or do you think actually going to one knee is not an entirely disrespectful oh, way of making God. a point? I, I mean, I guess really what I'd like to say is this. I believe in free speech i believe that everyone's entitled to their own opinion but i don't agree that they should hold the united states of america or the world hostage by taking a venue uh where people are tuning in to watch a football game and you know imposing their political views i think it's outrageous i think it's a joke it's disgusting and uh you know i respect the american flag and and i myself uh, you know, have risked my life countless times for the American flag, and I don't understand. <laughs> not <I> true. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop it there. I, I do not think that Steven Seagal has risked his life for anything. Anything ever. Ever, yeah. Okay. Now, uh, I think it's important to note, now, y y listeners, you can all hear the audio, but the backdrop behind Steven Seagal is, of course, the Kremlin in Russia. So... <laughs> Live from Moscow. Yeah, th this guy, this guy lecturing people on patriotism, and and the people protesting by kneeling during the national anthem, uh, is 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 saying that they're holding America hostage while he's standing in front of a backdrop of Moscow. So, you know, uh, I, there, there's nothing wrong with going to Moscow. There's nothing wrong with having different. I've opinions. been to Moscow. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having different opinions on Russia and things like that. But Steven Seagal is not one to lecture people. No, I mean, I remember when those football players took a knee and I was like, I'm under arrest. Like, taking the country hostage. Yeah. That uh, is just an exaggeration <laughs> that I don't even know what to compare it to. And here's a video of somebody peeling a carrot. Here he is with the Belarusian dictator Lukashenko, and uh, Lukashenko is demonstrating carrots to Steven Seagal. And watch this. This this is hilarious. <laughs> Lukashenko hands a freshly peeled carrot to Steven Seagal, and Steven Seagal just houses the end off of it. Yeah, he's like a fucking horse. <laughs> All right, so uh, fuck Steven Seagal. Yeah. Biscuit, what have we I'm learned from this? I'm on board with that. What have we learned from what this? What have we learned from this? <laughs> uh, I ain't just an absolute farce of a human being. Like, <laughs> it, it's the more you look at it. And, God, and, and I know, like, don't judge on looks. That's bad. He, he looks like the douchebag that he is. He, that hair is fake, by the way. You can see in his earlier films that his hairline is starting to recede. He is definitely top bald. And you can see that he has glued some sort of a hair piece over the top portion. You can actually, if you look close enough in some of the more modern pictures, you can see the part where 
uh, the sides of his head have like natural hair coming out and he's got a hairpiece glued onto the top of his head. Like it, it looks almost like it's painted on actually. Like, you know what? Just own it. You're going bald. It happens to a lot of people. So what? Right. But like his vanity like means that he has to have this incredibly super dark black hairpiece on at all times. And on the days where he's too lazy to put it on, he has to wear that stupid do-rag that we saw him wearing in that Aikido demonstration. Uh, also, his beard looks like pubes. Yeah. He looks like a pube. <laughs> Biscuit, are we done insulting Steven Seagal? Um, not forever, but for now, I suppose. Okay, so listeners, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to us rag on Steven Seagal for over an hour at this point now. John, I hope you're happy. Steven Seagal sucks. Uh, you can find our podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. You can email us, bigbadnonsense at gmail.com, or tweet us at bigbadnonsense. Any final notes, Biscuit? Uh, no, I think I gotta go. I see a uh, racist tank rolling down the street towards my house. So, um, well, I guess I'm gonna meet him. <laughs> and that's the end of our show it sure fucking is hope you had a great time tweet me you fucks Oh, I should have mentioned it in the episode, but he did like one of those Reddit AMAs, the Ask Me Anythings. <laughs> oh, God, I'll send you the link. But it is fucking funny because it's just mountains and mountains of questions of people just shitting on him. Like they, they everyone like bought into the bit. They were like, we're going to ask a question that shits on you. So they're asking questions like, oh, so I understand you studied for years in Aikido. Can you t explain to me why you're too lazy to actually stand up to do a fight scene? Like it's all questions <laughs> like that. Like, oh God. And like, I think he only answers like Q before he just fucking bails because like the whole thread is just people shitting on him. It's, it's, it's glorious. It's this like, bunch of Democrats and blacks don't respect me. <laughs> like, I swear, it, it was the only time in my life I've ever been so proud of Reddit. <laughs>